Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the About to Interview podcast. Uh, first, make sure to follow the podcast on your podcast platform of choice. It is listed everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Blueberry, Stitcher, Google Play, Alexa via TuneIn, and you can stream the episodes directly from abouttreview.com. Follow the podcast on social media at abouttreview, and also go to abouttreview.com to get full links to the show notes and guests, as well as this episode right now that you are listening to, you can watch on youtube.com slash abouttreview, which will have some snippets of posters and art from the film. Don't worry, he won't get far on foot. The reason this is a special episode is this was a collaboration episode I did with Aaron White of the Feelin' Film Podcast, who is with me right now. Hello. Thank you, John. I appreciate you having me on for this. This was a good time. It's my first ever collaborative interview. Yeah, and it was it was an interesting interview. So we interviewed the director, Gus Van Sant, and the star of the movie, or one of the stars, I should say, uh, Beth Ditto. They were in town for the Seattle International Film Festival. So we had a chance to sit down with them, talk about the film, and talk about the choices they made, both from the director side of things and from the actor side of things. That was part of it. And then it just went in an interesting direction <laughs> towards the end. I mean, all over the place, man. From uh, All I know is we got to defining metaphysics at one point. Did we define it, though? Well, we tried. Okay. <laughs> at least Gus did. Yeah. So really interesting conversation. And that is what I love about doing podcast interviews versus other mediums is you guys get to hear just those raw and authentic conversations as if you were in the room with us. That is something that I feel is important that I bring forward to you, my dear podcast listeners. Uh, So yeah, we go off the rails. Sometimes Beth would be talking without the microphone in front of her face, and I would kind of have to give her a signal (laughs) to pick up the microphone. But again, if you were in this room, you'd be hearing this conversation. And so I kept it, yeah, pretty, pretty authentic. And you will hear that when it goes off the rails in the latter part of the interview. <laughs> it also felt very personal to me. I, they felt engaged and mm-hmm. actually they wanted to be there. They wanted to talk to us and they wanted to just have a conversation with us as normal people. We were no different than anyone they would have met in their regular lives and, and had a talk with, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then Aaron, where can people find your podcast, the Feel and Film podcast? And also when will your review of this film be up so that people can check that out? Well, you can follow Feelin' Film Podcast everywhere that John mentioned. Uh, iTunes is great. Google Play now covers us as well. But you can just type us in and usually we'll pop up. That's Feelin', F-E-E-L-I-N apostrophe, F-I-L-M. And uh, yeah, would love to have you come check out our show as well. All of the links to Aaron's show, the Feelin' Film Podcast, will be in the description below, both on the website, in the podcast notes, and on youtube.com slash abouttreeview. I'll make sure to link that back to him. And then Aaron's episode will be landing on Friday, in which he reviews the film. And since you're listening to this, you will already have heard my review for the film on my podcast, which comes out every Wednesday. So thanks again, Aaron, for kind of sitting down and doing this interview during the Seattle International Film Festival. I know that this is a, it was a new experience for you and your enthusiasm that you brought to the interview and the whole process was was pretty awesome. So thanks for partnering up for me on this. Awesome, man. Yeah, I had a great time. Cool. So now we will get to the interview we did with Gus Van Sant and Beth Ditto from the film Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. 
Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. To get ourselves a treat. So first question to, to guess. So John Callahan with reckless abandon would be speeding around in his wheelchair in Portland, which you witnessed firsthand. Mm-hmm. So in contrast, <clears throat> making this film took about two decades. So what kind of kept you motivated and inspired, you know, in comparison to John's reckless abandon with speed, your consistent need to make this movie? It was originally developed at Robin Williams's company, he mm-hmm. had bought the book from John. He was a fan, apparently, in like <clears throat> in San Francisco, they were running his cartoons. He, they were running them in L.A. I remember seeing them in L.A. Um, <clears throat> Robin elected, I think, pro- possibly because of the AA part of the story, mm-hmm. and also the the quadriplegia was uh, linked to his his <laughs> um, friendship with Christopher Reeve, mm-hmm. who he had like. Um, gone to college with it was a friend of his and it was yeah he said that it was sort yeah. of an, I think they were roommates <coughs> or something at one point yeah and then he that he learned a lot about it through his friend's disability Christopher Reeves disability and that he was interested in playing this character and partly in, in an homage to him um, and then the humor mm-hmm. the cartooning aspect so those three things I think were attractions for Robin um, and so it was really like um, working for Robin during that period. Like I was, I was supposedly the director of the project. I wasn't writing them. Um, there were two different screenplays. There was one written by two Portland writers, Andrew Eatman and Jack Gibson. It was our first first go around, and then that didn't like take off. And then they called Robin and his wife called again and said, "Let's try another stab at it." You know, like maybe like make a new script. And so I got a, a different writer who had been friendly with Patty Sullivan and uh, we wrote an, a second script, which was completely different, <clears throat> which also didn't go anywhere. <laughs> and by not going anywhere, it's just sort of, it disappears. Like you mail it right. to them and you're waiting to hear and you're like, when do we start? You know, and and who knows what goes on? There's like studios with slates of projects there's robin with his own slate you know so Mm -hmm. it just never really went anywhere and for me it was kind of like oh well maybe that you know just sort of got lost it wasn't even my own project it was robin's project but john was himself was there you know just expecting you know like this robin williams thing which is really the sad part and then that he yeah, he was just, you could just see it in his face. It's like, when's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? Right. Because imagine you know it's there. I know. And you've got somebody that powerful, like powerful. You've got powerful people on your side, and you know it's there, and you're this person from Portland, mm-hmm. this quadriplegic from Portland who makes cartoons, and that's already surreal to be, and it just is so close. It's so sad. I know. So he, the, the classic <clears throat> joke that he made in face of that, after maybe five years of nothing happening, um, he said, well, we're all going to be dead by the time this 
this film's made. Um, and it was a joke, right? But you know, in the end, he died, and then actually, Robin died. Mm -hmm. So he was partly right. Wow. Yeah, that's tragic. I really hate that part. I know. Well, one thing, Gus, I really enjoy about the film is the non-linear structure that you use at the beginning and then, again, at the end, kind of bouncing back and forth between the award ceremony and then the support group and then the actual event <clears throat> of the injury taking place. I was wondering what kind of inspired you to use that format versus telling it just as a straight-through narrative. Um, good question. Um I think um, literature a lot of times, I mean, I've always had, since even before I made films, I was always, you know, uh, attracted to films that were able to sort of tell the story out of order because of a link of some kind. Um, and the, in novels, like, you're always doing that. You're sort of, you can take a second, even, like, five pages to like bounce anywhere mm -hmm. you want and somehow as a reader you're totally comfortable with that somehow with a film you're like what the hell's going on right why are we you know like 10 years earlier and without you actually putting 10 years earlier in in literature it seems easy and in film somehow um it seems impossible or hard so i've always wondered why and i don't know if there's any films that i've told out of order I'm sure there are um, but um, can't think of any but, <laughs> <laughs> but I are they just <laughs> <laughs> I didn't understand the goddamn so, and usually that means yes the audience is going to go I don't know where I was you know and it's also something you <clears throat> you establish like a lot of times it's I was saying earlier that um, you know if, if everything ends up in a court case, which sometimes stu stories do, you flash back from the testimonial of the yep. person, yep. and then you hear the other testimony, and you can flash to the... Mm -hmm. So that in that way, you can tell the story in pieces. Also, when you're telling a story at, at the dinner table, you can tell a whole story and go like, oh, I forgot this part. You know, like, they were... Mm. They, all, they didn't have any legs, or, you know, like... <laughs> Like, during the That's whole a great time. point. And it makes. And the, oh shit! I forgot this one part. And the <laughs> listeners actually can accommodate it. They actually, in their brain, they go like, "Oh my!" You know, it's a. They start laughing. But um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's something that I always want film to be able to do. So I was using the um, his his speaking engagement on the stage and his testimonial in AA. Um, as ways to link things, you know, like, mm -hmm. so that you knew where they were. And there were basically three different time periods. Right. <clears throat> that were, you know, sort of like, yeah, they were out of order. I think I just did it that way. I just started writing it that way. I wanted to write it that way. Um, I didn't know how much support, you know, as far as we needed, like, whether we needed dates, which you can always put dates up there, whether it was going to be a problem or not. Um, I just kind of like wanted it to be like that. And Ted Hope, who's the um, the film head at um, Amazon Pictures, he for him he it's perfect. Like he wants that's what he wants is you know, he wants experimentation. Um, so I think I had an executive that wasn't going to be um, 
you know, after we made the film, like, okay, now let's put it in order, you know? right? Um, which sometimes people do. Yeah. Wait, when it's done? Yeah, there have been films. Job. Let's just dream. Yeah, some films have like actually gone back and put themselves in order because, you know, it's sort of like. It's the it's more generally like it can you can follow it better yeah. I guess yeah but it's well, usually more boring. I wasn't like well, also I wasn't like what the hell is going on <laughs> I know. like watching that movie I'm like oh, well I appreciate it, appreciate you trusting the audience yep for sure yeah plus trusting the audience plus I think <clears throat> there have been a lot of films made like in the last 10, 15 years that have been breaking these same rules you know that mm-hmm. have been wanting to you know like break those rules because it's you know I mean I guess it comes down to storytelling um, I do have a question though for you Beth so in an yes <laughs> in an interview you did with Vogue a while ago uh-huh. you talked about the ritualistic almost meditative aspect of putting on your makeup every morning this is funny that was my favorite part of making this movie I was going to say, like, I what, love the hair and makeup, people. What, what was your no, I loved it. And getting ready for Reba. No, I had makeup, but a little bit, not much, but a little bit. I, I don't know. I loved wearing a wig every day. I loved looking like something completely different. I felt like a clown, but the opposite of a clown. <laughs> you know, it's like you put makeup on, but then I just like had a lot, a lot less on because I wear makeup every day. And I love girly, yeah. but like, it was really nice to not do that. That's my, but also, I just love hanging out with hair and makeup people. It's like one of my favorite things to do ever. Because that's the side of the movie that's like, you always like, when I was there, I was like, I am learning so much. Like, it was really fun. Like, things that you don't know are fake are fake. Or like, right. you know what I mean? You'd be like, oh my God, I never knew. <laughs> like, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. And I think that part's really fun. And they all smoke. And I think that's cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, I still smoke. And you're like, good for you. You know what? You don't let anybody tell you what to do, Are Sheila. You still in touch with Tony. Tony the man. Mm-hmm. Which is Tony the man? Tony. The Tony man. Um, oh my God, Tony Greenhouse. Greenhands. No, we're on Instagram. On God. Instagram. He, you know what? Because <laughs> he might want to. come He's up. a secret hit. Hit. Tony is amazing. Yeah. He was so good in that movie. That movie you made. You ever? He is so good. I loved him. We had a good time, me and him. So I should tell him about the tomorrow about Tuesday night. You should. Because I forgot. I still don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know why I'm here, but well, I'm glad to be here. Speaking of learning. <laughs> I'm the comic relief. I take this stress <laughs> off of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why I'm here. I'm your. Well, you do it well. I'm your you hype man. It, you do it great Ooh, in the movie, too, right? And so. Laurel and Hardy. I actually wondered about that. Like, what did you do to prepare? Nothing. For the Nothing? You didn't go to any support groups? No. I have. I am a lesbian from the South. When, well, a queer <laughs> from the South with plenty of traumas to go to therapy to, for. To drop back. I don't need... I don't, I don't need, need no support well, You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't... Did you really grow up in a place where you couldn't dance? Yeah. So I believe, like Footloose? Yeah. I believe that. No, what's like, a, what's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Arkansas too. <laughs> what's the name? Oh, it's wow. Arkansas? Yeah. So He's city-fied. Okay, so he grew up in Little Rock and Fayetteville. Those are the two cities. What Quote, town were you from? Fayetteville. I was from a town called Relative. Jetsonia. Oh, nice. Jetsonia? Like the Judd. Jetsons. Judd. Oh, Judd. Thank you. Oh, Judsonia. Judsonia in, a, in the county of... White. And there White was, County. And there was no dancing. My brother petitioned for the first the prom in the 90s. And 90s. that, he actually got one. I think we had our first prom in 1991. Because proms like you dance. Ever? Because you would dance, yeah. And um, because the Baptist Church, I grew up, where I grew up in the like county. Footloose. It was like Footloose. 
MTV, our cable company didn't carry MTV because of Christian college. So, like, we were cut off from... That's what I think makes Southern Southern Weirdo Queer so cool. Like, you know, it's kind of like there was an... And, like, what is it called? Like, kind of, like, stunted their... I'm Truman Capote and Tennessee Williams. Exactly. Carson McCullers. Like, mm-hmm. my birthday. Just me. We have the same birthday. But um, I think... Like, like, there's something really cool about it because you're so cut off from, like, really cool things. It's kind of like what it would be like to grow up without internet or MTV. It's like, that's what we did, but we were doing it in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. So, like, sometimes that's why I feel like I can get, like, I get, a, like, when I hear people talk about the 70s and 80s, I'm always like, sounds sounds familiar. You know what I mean? <laughs> that but, disconnection. Yeah. Like, well, you just didn't have access, so you had to work really hard to find it. Like, if you wanted something, if you wanted to reference something, or if you heard about an artist, you had to work really hard to get it. You had to, like, like you you just weren't given it. You couldn't just be like, <laughs> I'm going to turn on my TV and watch this video. You'd have to be like, my friend sent me this from Louisiana. It's a video of Hole. Like, that was real, you know? Yeah. So, and that was, like... And you gathered around. Yeah, and watched it. Like everybody was like, in, we got in a my basement Lee! where nobody could see them. Oh, we didn't yeah. have basements. So. Oh, wait, but in, <laughs> did you? You'd have television. Yeah, we had TV. And on TV, you have like American Bandstand and things. Um, no, well, American Bandstand—that's old. What were they um, gonna? But what were they gonna play? They're gonna play Nirvana on American Bandstand. Right. No, I mean, uh, but what about like Saturday mornings? Um, oh, we had Friday night flight. We had Friday night flights at lights, and that was Friday night flights or something like that. Was a video that you had four videos. But they had dancing on TV. Yeah, you could. Yeah, we knew what dancing was. <laughs> no, they, they blurred that out like on cops. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like it was like you know, this is I don't was know how we got. Was it a Christian? Yeah, based Baptist and Christian, ba- Southern Baptist. Southern Baptist. They got together. But my girl just hanging out in church. Because also, meanwhile, like the best dancing was coming from Memphis. I know. See, that's <laughs> like the they thing. had those yeah. did real dance shows. But there was the Pentecostals <clears throat> too. So there was also a difference between different. There was like different denominations doing different things. Were you raised Southern Baptist? Uh-huh. Yeah, so was I. I was. Could you dance? Me too. I did. Wait, not. you were too, guys? <laughs> well, I'm from Kentucky. No, that's right. You were raised in Baptist too. Oh, that's too? right. Well, you know, like my parents had moved north. Yeah. So, but when I went home, and we, if we went to church with our grandma, you know, grandma, like the white kids were doing gospel, and they had electric instruments, and they were like, oh wow, rocking out. That's you can have like, instruments. Well, that's very progressive. <laughs> you have instruments at church. The Church of Christ couldn't have instruments. They could dance, but they couldn't have instruments. And the Baptist church, oh, could they dance? I don't, I don't think, think so. they could. Yeah, I don't think they could. And then meth, like Methodists, could dance. Wow, loose, <laughs> right? Loose, loose morals. Those loose Methodists. Uh, anyway, sorry, you're going on holiday. No, it's fine. The, the next question is also is also for okay, you. Just so you know, my grandmother didn't have a bathroom to the eighties. Okay. Outhouse, Outhouse all the way. Yeah. yeah. Was it like that in Kentucky when you went back? No, no. More sophisticated. No, it was. It was like a little like um, spoiled. Yeah, there was. It was like the rich section of town. Oh yeah, y'all were highfalutin. Highfalutin. Cool. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> so my my next question for you, Beth. So you delivered one of my favorite lines in the film when John is feeling depressed and down on himself, and you said, "Pour me, pour me." Eventually, turns into "Pour me another drink." You wrote that. Well, it's a really famous AA saying. It's in the book. It's in his book. Oh, okay. Because that was one of my is favorite lines. In in the it was film. new for me. <laughs> It's new it's for a, me. It's a really, um, yeah, it's it? like a sta- old standard. Poor me, poor me, poor and me. And John would say mm-hmm. it all the time. He, really? He'd pull that one out, yeah. Because it was about pity, you know, like, right. poor me. Yeah. It was about, and, like, he could say, you know, like, because poor me, I can't walk. Poor me, poor mm-hmm. me, poor me, yeah. another drink, yeah. Nice. Yeah. 
Well, I wanted to say the country song, isn't it? I did get to say it. That was one of the hardest ones to do, I think. Acting. Acting. And you didn't want to say Trumped you. No. (laughs) Didn't make sense. I wanted to ask you about casting of Jonah Hill because his performance is probably the most emotionally vulnerable that we've ever seen him. And I wondered, did you seek him out for that role of Donnie or was that something that happened in normal casting auditions? I realize now that like the like three major, um, three of the large women roles are musicians. Yeah. Carrie, Kim, and you. Yeah. And... A lot of the other roles are comedians or co- comic actors. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I was actually going to UCB Upright Citizens Brigade mm-hmm. to cast a lot of the smaller roles. So there's. Is that where you found everybody? A lot of people, yeah. Was there? Cool. It's really, it's really a cool. You ever go there? No. Yeah, in LA, um, or they probably have one in New York too. I'm probably not in Portland, but. <coughs> um, but it's. It's um, you know improv um, showcase, and so I cast a number of people <clears throat> from there. Well, Edgar is the guy that's the head of the um, the student newspaper, the um, the one he takes yeah. his cartoon, mm-hmm. um, the black um, character, yeah. and um, I'm trying to. Some of them got cut out. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tony was on the internet. He came from the internet. So much. <clears throat> um, but Jonah, Jonah, we were trying to get. Let's see. We there was a couple of people that that we attempted to. You know, we offered the role to that were also comedic actors. <clears throat> um, Jonah, Jonah, I, I had met. Actually, Jonah said no as well. So there's like <laughs> one comedic actor. That I I'm not mentioning, but just because I don't want to embarrass him, and then Jonah, and then Jonah, both of them said no, and then we didn't make the film right away. A year went by, and when we really got to go, we just checked with Jonah again, and then he said yes. <clears throat> so at first Jonah said no, and I knew um, both of them personally, both the people I was offering that role to, and Jonah I knew because um, he just came up to me in New York on the street and said like I love your yeah like I love your films I like you know if you ever do something like think of me you know so he was he was like openly saying hi and like saying let's work together so I was calling him up because at least partly I thought he was could be really good in the role and he had offered to do (laughs) something awesome And Andy specifically said, "Remember when I saw you on the street that time? It happened so humanly, just so naturally, you know, because you're you're in the same profession, and it just was a natural thing for that to occur. I would assume for him to come up and say for actors and directors to just yeah. I mean, when you see somebody that you really like, I mean, if I see somebody that I really like, I'll do the same thing. It's like Mm -hmm. if if you really if they really are on your like best list, you know." And that you actually could work together. Like, you'd probably say something. Like, say hi, maybe someday we could, you know, briefly just say something. I'm the worst at that. Yeah? Really? What if you you ran into, like, if you just ran across, like, an amazing songwriter or something like that? I would never. You wouldn't say hello? No. Just hi. How are you doing? I would be so scared. (laughs) No. Because who am I? You know, it's like, I don't have that. I mean, you know who Jonah Hill is. They're just going to be like, here's another one. 
I just am so afraid. Like, I don't know. I've, I don't want to waste people's time. Like, I don't know if it's low self-esteem. I don't know if it's like, don't force something. I just don't right. want people to. Bad luck or something. But it would be hard. You know, like the people I love, you know, I'm obsessed with Paul Simon. We all know this. I talk about him all the yeah. time. Yeah, if I saw him, I would never. I know I'm wearing a Graceland shirt today, not even on purpose. I would never, like, I would never approach him, ever. Mm. But I love him so much. That's because I'm scared to death, though. Mm. What's it like to be Jonah with all that confidence? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but well, he was so great. I just yeah. have to say, watching him, like, I know this sounds silly, but maybe it didn't but watching him even it was fun to watch people act because I've never really done mm-hmm. that mm. and watching him I for, I would forget that I was watching somebody act I would just mm. be like like he's just a real person yeah but it wasn't Jonah it wasn't it was Donnie it was Donnie, it was Donnie. Yeah. I forgot <laughs> I was wa- exactly I was watching Donnie not Jonah and you're like this is what people in the movies you always, they're always talking yeah. about you're yeah you're like this is what they're talking that's about that's the fun thing yeah. I had a moment movie moment making a movie making a movie that's very meta was it meta? <laughs> I'm always trying to get people to explain to me meta. I'm always trying to get people to explain to me what the hell a producer really is, what they really do, for real, <clears throat> and then what meta and meta. Meta is just above like, um, what's the other? Um, just reality. It's like a yeah, it's above. Kind of, it's higher like up. Breaking the fourth wall, mm-hmm. like it is. You know, <clears throat> Deadpool is an example where never saw that. Where he references in the comic book that he is in a comic book, right? Oh. So you are aware of it. Is that what they're calling meta? Yeah. If but oh metaphysics. Oh my god! Metaphysics. See what is meta? But yeah. but there's also metaphoric. Never met a meta. True. Which is different. Yes. Than breaking the fourth wall. Jesus. Which Christ. I was. Which that can also be meta. You can say meta, right? This is hurting yeah. my feelings. My feelings are getting hurt deeply like, inside ghosts, my brain. Ghosts are meta. Ghosts are yeah. scary. Don't you think? <laughs> Just dropping truth bombs. On us. What do you mean? Why are ghosts meta? Because they're like ab- above the reality. Uh-huh. Outside the reality, yeah. Uh-huh. Is that wrong? Is that what? a wrong definition? Probably. Uh, it probably about, is. Yeah, it probably probably is. Right. This would be a conversation. Wait a we minute. Keep going for like so an hour, is, but metaphysics. Metaphysics are like <laughs> metaphysical apparition would be a ghost. It's disgusting. A metaphysical version. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So ghost? metaphysics are like beyond physics, above physics. Physics are where we are. What's a black hole? <clears throat> oh gosh. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably physics, because it's reality. Is yeah. it reality though? Well, they don't know because they didn't really. Like, so you, don't, but you don't come across them too much. I haven't. And this, all come, this all comes back to don't I've worry. I've seen a People sinkhole. Foot. <laughs> yeah. Not a black hole. Somehow. <laughs> uh, I've well, never seen one. Have you? A sinkhole. A sinkhole? <laughs> a sink, you're from the South. I'm sure Arkansas you've seen is a sinkhole. A sinkhole. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, sinkholes. <clears throat> whirlpools. I've never seen a whirlpool. I've seen tornadoes. Sneaker tides in, in Oregon. Ooh, Oregon. Yeah, those are bad. Are you from Oregon? Uh, I grew up in the Northwest. I lived in Eugene, Eugene? for nine years. Oh, Eugene. So, yeah. It was a different world. Uh, but we keep getting the signal yeah. from our very patient Uh-oh. producer. So <laughs> thank you so much, Guest Thanks. Van Sant and Beth Ditto from Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot. Nice. Thank you. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat.